Hello everyone, welcome to the International Business Podcast. If you work across time zones, borders and cultures, this is the show for you. I'm Leonardo, founder and host of the show, but let's make it simple and just call me Leo. I'm based in Shanghai and I'm accompanied by two co-hosts, Stefano, based in Paris, and Audrey from San Francisco. On these select episodes of the show, we'll extract our favorite moments from previous episodes of the International Business Podcast. You can find the links to the guests in the show notes. Enjoy. So for about three years, you have been living in China. What should our listeners know about working here, about working in China? First of all, especially in Shanghai, cost of living is very high. Visa restrictions are getting tough. It's not the golden country anymore. So you have a job, it's not enough. You need to have a good income and a company to organize your visa. But you know, why should anyone hire you at higher cost? What exactly is your competitive advantage compared to Chinese professionals? You need to answer this question. Business skills, marketing, sales, it's just too soft. Chinese language skills, every Chinese can speak Chinese. So can you give us some examples of jobs in China? Well, most of the foreigners in China work as English teachers, logically, right? I mean, they are native speakers. Chinese want to improve English, so it's the best job you can get. But with all due respect, as a native speaker, there is not so much personal development possible if you teach English, your native language. How can you grow? There's lots of competition and little job security. Not a really good option. Second, the typical expat has worked in the same company in Europe, such as large auto company, and is sent to China to transfer his knowledge to Chinese staff through trainings and some kind of uh, experience sharing workshops and just teach them whatever he's been learning for a long time in his home country. He's very well paid and typically leaves China after his assignment is finished. The downside, unless you are working for such a company right now, it is very difficult to get in. Now, some experts, they really enjoy their stay in China. And then they decide after their first assignment that they want to stay in China and they start a local expert job with a, a local company, normally also a foreign company, but they will not get an expert package. So they will be living in China and they work for a foreign company normally but they are professionals. They have a very like, tough working schedule, a very tough working background. Let me jump in here a second. What do you mean by expert jobs in this case? An expert is something that is, I would say, has a track record. So for example, if you're a doctor, right? you took 10 years to be a doctor. So you're kind of a professional. It's not something you just picked up. If you're an engineer, it took you four years to study and then you joined your company, you did like production management for three, four years. You're really an expert. If you are an architect, a photographer, whatever. So if you can really prove that you've been doing a great job, it, this is an expert status, but it's not something you can pick up a tree. It takes a long time to build such a track record. This is why these guys are well paid. On the flip side, what challenges have you seen Americans encounter as they've done business abroad in other countries? Oh, I've seen a few um, and almost had a couple, but thankfully I, I was able to, to be smart enough to avoid them. And to that point, I think that a lot of the challenges that Americans can encounter abroad 
is based on their preparation and education. If they take the time to study where they're going, the social culture, the business culture, they prepare themselves for that, then we might make a few mistakes, but people by and large are a little bit forgiving of that as long as they see that we're knowledgeable and we're making a realistic effort. The ones who generally run into more problems are the ones that just jump on an airplane and say, I'll figure it out, I'll be fine. Those are the ones that generally have much more difficulty. And some of the things that they'll run into might sound trivial, but they're really important. Like, how do people greet each other and how do people show each other respect? If we're not familiar with that, we could set a really bad impression at the start of a conversation and maybe ruin a deal or ruin a relationship right out of the gate. Some of the stereotypes we have, which are largely incorrect, about uh, evaluating people's nonverbal behavior. And there are some cultures where, here in America particularly, where we view eye contact as a sign of respect. But there are many other cultures, as I know you're aware, where eye contact can be a sign of disrespect. You know, how we sit and how close we sit, who we talk to, all of these things. So educating ourselves on that becomes the most important. Businesses sometimes just operate differently as we go around the world. And I know you've seen. So a lot of the mistakes that I see them encounter or challenges that I see them encounter are a direct result of their lack of preparation. Had they prepared, they would be aware and they could adjust. But because they didn't, these are some of the most common mistakes or challenges that, that we see them run into. You've been climbing the corporate ladder in large multinational organization for over 20 years. And how did you decide to leave this corporate world and start all over as a leadership coach? What key steps did you take? Yeah, so I think for me, um, I had this idea of becoming, uh, of being my own boss and, um, and, you know, leaving the corporate world since many, many years. But somehow I've, I've been holding myself back because the companies, and I was always justifying, finding excuses that the companies would always give me bigger assignments and bigger opportunities. So, so that dream that was always coming, a little voice coming in, my, in the back of my head, I was, you know, kind of silenting it, saying, no, no, we, we don't have time for that now. We have to go to this big job there in this country and we have to take this new assignment and this large team to manage. Um, so that really, so it, it really grew with me since many years, I must say. And, and I think at one point, um, like 18 months ago, I started really maturing this idea and I, and I actually started uh, having a coach, a fixed coach, um, business coach that helped me getting much more clarity about myself and really gain ownership about my time and my mind in particular. And I found it so fascinating. And I ultimately found out that I stopped, I had stopped growing. I had stopped challenging myself. I guess when you are in your first years in your career, you really, you know, you're, you're, so, you're doing so much ground. You're, you're growing so much. You're learning so much. But if I look at how much I've learned in the last maybe two, three years, of course, you still learn, you know, you know, you know to manage different types of people and to have new challenges, develop new products and all of that. But it wasn't really that stretching myself, you know, this, that feeling discomfort discomfort that is the driver of growth so I really felt like mm, I'm too young to settle <laughs> that is you know I, I can't settle already and um, and so I thought you know I really want to have a bigger impact I really want to have a bigger reach and I also started understanding that you know sometimes as corporate people we are very much like little hamster in in this wheel and we are so used to that environment that we don't step out and look 
you know, what are we doing here? You know, are we really doing things that are relevant for the, you know, for the people, for our customers? Are we doing a lot of things that are relevant for our bosses and the bosses of our bosses? And also, I really, I really feel that um, the genera- my generation, which is our generation, like, I guess, Leonardo, we're similar age, right? <laughs> so that our generation really um, has been kind of educated that there is this authoritarian type of leadership. Um, so, you know, the vulnerability trend is something that just started recently. And so people are not as authentic as they could be. So that people are not speaking up or um, having conflicts um, at work that are healthy conflicts. So I feel like there is too little engagement. People don't care enough to have an argument. There is this beautiful book from um, Patrick Lencioni, which talks about the team dynamic and, and the meetings and the signs of meetings. And he says, you know, how important conflict is uh, within a meeting. And I'm, I grew up with the opposite. I grew up with the idea that well, you should avoid conflict because con- where are you going to go with conflict? And instead, conflict is in the sense of the tension that makes the drama, makes it interesting, like in any beautiful movie, if there is no drama, you're going to just fall asleep. And that's what happens in most of the meetings. So all these things, I started looking at them from external and think like, I want to change this. I really want to help professionals that are still in the corporate world to see things differently, to challenge the status quo and allowing yourself to be yourself, um, to step up because there's nothing to risk. Actually, your managers will be, you know, enticed will love the fact that you are bringing up something that you bring passion to the um, to the to the discussion to the meeting. So really have this bigger ambition and and I felt I, of course I could do it and I started doing it already within my organization. But I wanted a bigger reach. I really have a big ambition to to disrupt um, corporations to enable the millennials to feel more at ease. Because of course, as we know, the millennials are not um, maybe not all of them are excited to stepping into a traditional. Uh, old-fashioned corporate world. You can find the podcast on all the major platforms. Make sure to subscribe. Do not miss the weekly episodes. And are you an international professional? Connect with us on LinkedIn to come on the show. For now, cheers.